Today we discuss patterns of the people pleaser. JB and I take a close look at people pleasing dynamics, how they developed, and why they can be unhealthy in our relationships. We also discuss ways in which these patterns can be altered. A fun conversation tonight, or at least I, I think so. It's one that we tend to do, us anxiety members, us, uh, I don't know, we should, we should name ourselves something. And, um, and Dr. Z, I didn't, I didn't talk to you about this beforehand, but I would like to give everyone a little podcast therapy just right at the end because, man, uh, I just dealt with something that I didn't think was possible in the podcasting world and things like that. So I just want to make everybody aware of, uh, of things like that. But more importantly, how are you? How was the weekend? And uh, uh, weekends, well, weekends, no, weekend I, I don't know if they've existed in nine months to be <laughs> honest with you. But. Um, weekend was, was, was good. Um, I don't know, the same chaotic <laughs> mess that it always said. Yes. My daughter dance recital today. Oh. Um, How'd it go? Yeah. So it was nice. I haven't seen a lot of these moms in over a year because I'm horrible at staying in touch. So it was really nice to see everybody in one spot, everybody together, everybody healthy and um, it was nice. Yeah. Fantastic. And I appreciate whoever that was. And I, I couldn't see the screen name, but said that they would watch or listen to us anytime, day, night, afternoon. We appreciate that as always. And the one way Aww. you can support us the most, obviously, keep coming back on Sunday nights because we're going to have plenty of sessions. There's always stuff to talk about with us. Uh, but if you have not subscribed and if you have not left an Apple review with questions galore about anything that's on your mind that we discuss on the show, please do so because it allows us to continue to do these things on Sunday nights every single week. And, uh, and I need the therapy. I know you do too. So let's, let's get rocking and rolling and let's get into the people pleasing here because uh, inherently, yes, I think all, all the members of us is uh, uh, we, we like to people please. In fact, like all of my jobs and most of my relationships are based on people pleasing the service industry, management, you know, all, all of that stuff, it, I, and I like to do it. It's, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm asking myself a lot of the time these days: Am I doing it because of the anxiety, or am I doing it because I, I really do enjoy it? And I think, answer just like everything, it's, it's, it's somewhere in the middle. But uh, where can people pleasing really get us in danger? For those that have a kind of a tough time putting wrapping our heads around that. Yeah. So there's a big difference between wanting somebody to be happy and people pleasing. So wanting someone to be happy is episodic, right? It happens in certain situations, not all. There's no pattern to it. It's just making somebody happy. People pleasing is a personality style where you do not consider your own needs, your own opinions, your own values, whatever it is. And instead of that, you, um, your, your goal is to please the other person again at the expense of your own needs, even if they're, if they're out of line with your values, it doesn't matter because your goal is, and I shouldn't even say that people think the goal is to make the other person happy. Like I said, it's actually not the goal. When you really think about it is for the per the people pleaser to avoid, we always talk about avoidance, avoid sitting with the discomfort that this person may or may not like me. This person may or may not think highly of me. If I do things to make this person happy, they'll stay around. 
they won't leave me. And so a lot of the reasons why people please is to avoid that discomfort rather than sitting with it and tolerating it and not acting on it in a way to get rid of it because we know that that doesn't work. And then what happens with people pleasers is they get into these patterns of behavior where it looks like they are the nice, and they are, they, they tend to be, they tend to be in the helping professions. Um, they tend to really want to, yeah, help others. And here's the thing, that pattern isn't bad all the time. That pattern works extremely well if you're, um, you know, a nurse, right? Extremely well if you're an ER nurse or labor and delivery nurse. Um, but that pattern may not work so well in situations where the other person doesn't require that level of pleasing. And if you are in that pattern, you may end up attracting people who are also very okay with putting your needs second, rather than somebody who says, well, wait, what about you? So people pleasers tend to get into relationships with people who are on that kind of narcissistic spectrum of things. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's where, <laughs> like, I think at one point we had discussed, um, you know, if especially if you're d trying to date somebody or trying to find the one you want to be with or whatever it is, and you're immediately jumping into the pool of like, oh, I relate to this person so much in X, Y, and Z. And a lot of the time it's because you are just pleasing their opinions, their needs, their culture, whatever they're into. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and sometimes, man, if there's two people pleasers, like in a relationship, most of the time, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. But, uh, it, it's the, it ends up being the same problem as well. At least like in my experience where like you're, you're bending to like, yes, I do like these things, but you're like, no, at the end of the day, you really, you really don't relate to a lot of the stuff that I initially thought this relationship started on. Right. So, and then both exactly. of your minds go like, oh, I'm going to manifest my perfect, you know, person into you. And like, oh, wait, why isn't this yes. working? And why are you meeting the expectations? That yes. happens on a constant cycle, I think, with a lot yeah. of Yeah, I mean, you you know, you see that in general in relationships, even outside of people pleasing. You know, this, this you go into a relationship and you really want to join with the person and you want them to feel comfortable. You want them to like you. So maybe you highlight things that, that you say you like, but you don't really like, but you're just kind of trying to, you know, kind of get into a rhythm of things. That's, that's different. But when you're dealing with people pleasing, like you said, it's, 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 it's almost as if the things that they like are not their own. The things that they like are the other person's. And again, we talk about this, this spectrum on, on that narcissistic spectrum. People pleasers are very much at risk for losing their sense of self, their self-identity, because it kind of molds to whoever they're with at the time uh, in relationships. And one of the th things, too, to keep in mind is this isn't just for romantic relationships. This is also very much in friendships. Um, friends like this often Business, get taken yeah. advantage of. Yeah, they get taken advantage of, but they won't necessarily notice they're getting taken advantage of. And the people doing it may not be doing it to be an asshole. They're just used to that person helping a lot. And, you know, I have people like that in my life that I know, if I don't know what's going on. They're my immediate go-to. It would never occur to me necessarily that it was too much or to, you know, I, you know, so it's important to check in on those people that you depend on a lot because you want to make sure if they are people pleasing that you're not overwhelming them because they will never tell you.
Oh, yeah. They will drown before they tell you because they don't want to disappoint you. They don't want you to think they're a bad friend. So they take on so much and then they're exhausted. And, you know, so that's even in friends. And then when you're I don't work with kids, but but from the parent standpoint, if you are a people pleaser and you have children. What can end up happening is there tends to be a lot of enabling of behaviors. There tends to be a lot of um, no boundaries because they don't want to upset their child. They don't want to be a bad mom. And they associate setting boundaries with being mean. They associate setting boundaries with being, you know, um, obnoxious or cold or, you know, something bad. And so when they don't set boundaries with their kids, you can see how that just kind of perpetuates that, that problem because as you know, children with no boundaries and never had no as an answer when they go into other situations without their parents there. Um, it's, it's a rude awakening. So it, it's, it's not just in romantic relationships. This happens. It also happens at work all the time, you know, you, <laughs> you know, you, you don't yeah. want to get fired, but it, you know, so you get caught up in this and you don't want to disappoint your, your superiors. You don't want to look lazy. Even if you don't, the thing with people pleasers is even if they, did the least people pleasing they ever did in a day, they still would never get recognized as lazy, unhelpful, bad friends, bad employee, bad, you know, partner. So it's almost like they're, they're their best defense in a way. Yes. Oh, and, and employers love people pleasers. Absolutely. Like that's their, they know they can manipulate them. Uh, they know that they can just like you said, lean on them be like, well, you know, right. this person's not going to say no. And then you kind That's of right. put all of your self-worth into a lot of those things. And now mm-hmm. you have completely elevated yourself to that person's opinion and that person's That's opinion right. only. And you don't realize it until you're basically caught in the trap and you're, you know, most of the time. And then you can't figure out why you're exhausted all the time, why you are you can't exactly get to where you want to go, even though you're putting all this time and effort into like completely surrounding your life on this person's schedule um and then you're basically lying to yourself about what you do and don't do and this is where you come into like oh the grind man the grind it's what i love it's like this is when depression this is when depression and anxiety start this at that point where you feel like you're drowning you don't you've totally lost sight of your needs your wants what direction in life you're going um you know so that's when the feeling of disconnect and isolation come into play. Um, and a lot of people pleasers, and this is a pattern that starts out very early on in life. Um, it's not something that just happens in your twenties, right? So it's this ongoing pattern, um, that you know, develops from childhood. And a lot of times, and I, you know, and a lot of people haven't heard of this diagnosis, but I want to kind of throw it out there because it's important so there's a, a there's a diagnosis um, which is kind of dysthymia, which is this kind of low grade, um, kind of blah mood. So here's and you had mentioned that before as like a, a a big misdiagnosis between that and depression. Very much correct? so. Yeah. Yeah. So here's here's whatever whatever normal is. We have no idea. Um, major depressions down here. Dysthymia is kind of here. And so somebody with dysthymia has no idea that they have dysthymia. And the reason for that is because they've always felt that way. So they have no reference point. 
Um, you know, they may feel sluggish a lot, low motivation. They just kind of feel pessimistic. They're just kind of, they never feel like they can get started. They just assume that no one's going to like them. They just kind of assume that their progress is going to be minimal. So it's kind of the glass half empty, right? Glass half empty. I was going to say, right. Glass half <laughs> empty kind of person. Um, and the only time they're diagnosed is if they come in and in a major depressive episode or have severe anxiety. And when I get them back to their baseline, I realize their baseline isn't exactly yeah, I want to say great, but it's, it's, it could be better. Right? better. And right. so, so that's how that comes to be. And a lot of people with dysthymia have people pleasing tendencies because a lot of dysthymic people use other people as like a social reference to kind of how they're supposed to feel, how they're supposed to think about themselves, how they're supposed to act based on somebody else. It's very kind of contingent on others, which, which makes a ton of room for people pleasing. Um, you know, and the way I kind of talk about it is every, if everybody around you in your world just kind of magically just disappeared, what would you feel? You know, and people with dysthymia always will say like, almost like they don't exist anymore. Like they don't exist unless these people are in their world. Um, and so again, you, you exist to please others because you want to ensure that they don't go anywhere. They don't leave you. There's a lot of abandonment stuff that goes on with that. Um, yeah. So that's my, that's my, that's my long speech about dysthymia, but people pleasing is definitely wrapped up in that. Uh, and where I guess, cause, and, and I appreciate a couple of people leaving in the comments here too, uh, from uh, surviving a childhood trauma, forgiving myself for raising my oldest in survival mode. And that was a huge part of my healing. So thank you for speaking on that. Thank you for, you know, being here and, and, and saying so as well. Uh, I was a workaholic who burned myself out and then just kept going. And I think we've, yeah, we've all been there uh, yeah. a, a lot of the time. And last week you talked about, you know, how all the, these people were vowing, you know, my job at one point, be like, oh my God, you should love this. And then you realize you don't. And, you know, uh, kind of like figuring out all that territory is really hard to kind of navigate. Um, and I think where... Um, you know, I, I guess somebody was asking in there too, in general, and I know this is something, this is very much a, how do we fix it type of question, but how can <laughs> we be, I guess, in, in my opinion, like trying to over the last two years, becoming a little more assertive, setting those boundaries have been great and, and taking those baby steps to go and do those things and feeling a little more confident in yourself and realizing a lot of the bullshits on you and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what are some of those baby steps where we could be a little more assertive and set those boundaries? And how do we, you know, deal with some of the downfall maybe with that? Because like you said, people are used to your rhythm. They're not used to you like right. acting out or being angry about something. So what, uh, what would your advice be there? So, um, I, what I tell people in the beginning is to take inventory of everyone in their life. Um, you know, and almost make a list and the people that are easiest to set boundaries with for whatever reason, it really really doesn't even matter why, but the people that are in your life that are the easiest to set boundaries with, meaning maybe you don't feel as vulnerable with them or, um, for, for whatever reason, you're just more comfortable setting limits with them. You start with them and you practice on them. 
And as you get comfortable and you give yourself the opportunity to see that when you set a boundary or you say no, nothing bad happens, it gives you that reinforcement to try it again and again. Because a lot of times people pleasers deprive themselves of the opportunity to see what happens when they say no, because it's too scary. What if they leave? They're not willing to risk it. So, you know, they're not willing to sit with that discomfort because it's a big what if. So um, the first thing is to kind of take inventory of who's in your life and pick people that are easiest and then gradually work your way up. The other thing is, and this this may sound backwards, but do, do not set a boundary that you cannot guarantee that you can keep no matter what is thrown your way. So if saying no to, if you're working with your boss and that's who you're going to try to set limits with, and let's say that they always throw this one assignment at you every single month and it's the most daunting taxing, you, you hate it, you dread it, you dread that last week, but it's not necessarily something you need to do. It's just, you've never said no. Well, maybe that particular boundary is too difficult to start with. So you start with something smaller because the worst thing you can do is set a boundary twice and then the third time pull it back and then set it again and then pull it back because we talk about that intermittent reinforcement the more you set a boundary break it set a boundary break it you're going to create more of the discomfort you have and you're also going to create more of the behavior of the other person that you're trying to reduce so only stick with the boundary as small as as it may be for now that you can adhere to a hundred percent of the time. And if you don't think you can, don't set it yet. You will eventually, but it's too big for you right now. Um, and the example I give is if I'm in a store and, you know, let's say I'm at target and I'm with uh, my youngest and we are going through, cause you have to make you walk through the toy aisle because the, it's, it's the only do. way to get to certain yeah. things. Right. Right. So, <laughs> you like, there's no way I can't pass like Elsa and Anna vomited all over the aisle without getting to like where I need to go. So I have to go in already saying, no, you're not getting a toy. You're not getting a toy. And so I'll use it as an example. I go in, I don't buy them a toy. My child starts hysterical crying, throwing a tantrum, telling me I'm the worst mom in the world. And I never buy the toy. The next time we go into Target, they cry again. But this time they don't cry as long. I don't get the toy. We leave and, that, and you know, and so on and so on. So eventually, you know, you're teaching so, them. Yeah. They're not going to get it. Now, if I, if they did it, if I didn't get it from the first time and then we go back again and I don't get it from again, but the third time I go in and they're crying and I just, I'm in the worst mood. I, I am so agitated. And I say, you know what? Screw it here. I give them the toy. All I did was teach them that they have to cry t- twice. And on the third time they'll get it. So it's confusing to all parties involved and it creates, so the next time I go back, that kid's going to be crying even louder. So I created more of that behavior. So it's very important to stick with one boundary. The other thing I tell people is particularly with people pleasers, you're probably going to have more, not narcissists, but people with more narcissistic traits around you. So when you start to set boundaries, everybody in your dynamic has their own dance. You go left, I go right. You go this way, you go up, I go down. If all of a sudden you go right, when everybody is used to you going left, it's not just you that changes. You throw off the entire system because it affects your spouse, which affects your son, which affects your other son, which affects your parents. 
um, which affects the teachers. So it's, it's, it's this big system. And if you alter the tiniest behavior, it throws off the equilibrium. It throws off everything, everyone's balance and everybody will scatter without realizing it to get back to the status quo because that's where they're comfortable. And what's the best way to get somebody back to an old behavior when they set a boundary? Tell them they're being rude. Tell them they're being difficult. Tell them you're not yourself lately. I don't know what's going on with you, but this therapy thing is really just making you into a mean person. You know, if, if let's say we have a phone call every day at seven o'clock and I am so overwhelmed and I tell you no, and you say to me, well, then you don't care about, you know, you must not care about our work. Oh, you must not care, you know, right. Yeah. So, right. So, um, or, you know, you really should think about getting therapy because you're clearly over, you know, some sort of comment to push you, right. It's a pendulum to push you back into your starting point, because then the whole system can go back to normal, even though it's unhealthy. So there's a lot of things to keep in mind and to look for when you're setting boundaries. It's not that simple. And quick example of that too. And I'm going to be a little, little candid here. So that's, uh, I was working for a company that was preaching mental health, preaching it from left to right. And I walked into my immediate boss and said, listen, I don't know what's going on, but I am not myself, you know, this, that, and the other, and was trying to explain to him, like, we need to become uh, a lot simpler here. Like, I am overwhelmed. I'm trying to set a boundary right now. And his response was, everyone's got shit, and threw his hands up in the air and said, like, keep the content moving and let's go. You know, like it was that kind of mentality. And then you're just going like, well, the people pleaser in you goes, well, I have to make that this person out of all other people that gave me an opportunity. Right. Yes. Like, or I, I don't my have a shit's choice. not as, and also that, you know, the thoughts of, which is very common and people pleasing my shit's not as important as other people's shit. There's always somebody right? has it my worse problems. Than me. Right. Always. Yes, correct. It's like you're almost you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to take ownership of your shit and work through it. It's 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 uh, it's rude. It's selfish. Taking care of yourself is selfish. It's a very big people pleaser kind of mindset, um, you know, that nothing you do will make a difference anyway. So it gets into that learned helplessness aspect, which gets into that assignment quality. So it's really all connected. But yeah, I mean, people pleasers are, are notorious because they put their needs second for thinking their problems are irrelevant, don't matter, not important, um, you know, not just not worth it, not worth addressing. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, and not just in, in me either, but uh, I mean, in, in a lot of others in that I know that have this and uh, are, are very much people pleasers, like it's just you can tell when they start to evaporate from like, you don't even, like you were saying, sometimes you can't even tell when somebody's uh, themselves anymore and you're not understanding why or what they're chasing. And like, uh, it kind of goes back to if this is, this is another section of like where we begin to lie about ourselves as well. And, you know, uh, tell ourselves that we like certain things just because, and we're doing, you know, it's, it's the, I think this is the the worst part of it all is the people pleasing. And I got to say, after taking these little baby steps that Dr. Z has been mentioning, man, it does really feel like, what about Bob sometimes here? Uh, but, but um, I, I think it's, 
the most wonderful, powerful world in the <laughs> that has entered here is no, and it's and I know exactly what I want for now. You know, like I have said, I just the, picture you holding a fishbowl. <laughs> I'm sailing. <laughs> I'm sailing. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> please, please go watch it. It's it's a phenomenal movie. It'll make you laugh. Uh, but uh, I I don't think I care what anyone thinks of me anymore. Like I finally went, oh, and kind of yeah. reprogrammed myself. And that's not true either. Of course I care. But in terms of me saying things and how I feel in my, someone yeah. wants my opinion, they will hear it. If you don't like it, that's okay. You know, like yeah. it's, it's, it feels very, it's a very big and it's a very big step to make that switch. And it's almost like once you kind of there's very few things in therapy that are not process oriented. They're just not, except for two things. One, once you start to become aware of your narcissistic partner's patterns, you can never unsee them. Yep. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And the other is people pleasers. I mean, this is my opinion. This is just me as a psychologist saying this. I'm sure this is not fact-based. This is just anecdotal. But the, the other one is people pleasing, is that once you see that nothing bad happens by saying no and your life actually starts to move in a very rewarding and healthy direction you may always have difficulty saying no but it will never be like it was you can't go back those are two of the things that i see where it's like what i it's like you can't convince someone because they they just have to see it for themselves but once they cross that line there is no coming back it may always be different Difficult to that. It may always be their kind of, I like to call it a month, maybe people pleasing mode, but therapy helps you. Okay, wait, I'm doing it again. Pause and switch gears to a million other ways that you could handle that situation, which you learn through therapy. So um, it's, it's something that is obviously when I say process, it's, it's, you always are going to have to work on it, but it's, there's very much this kind of switch that just flips that you, you can't go backwards. Um, and, and I have a, I have a perfect example. I have a patient that, that I've been seeing who, you know, boundaries within their family are non-existent and, um, it's always been that way. And she, was taking advantage of her oh, significantly. Oh, Dr. Z's headphones finally went, went <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> Yay! We did it, everybody. We almost... See, I was I didn't want to jinx. I was like, yo, we have a perfect game going tonight. <laughs> we can still hear you, by the way. You're still fine. I mean, they were fully charged. I give up. I, I saw them slowly fading away. I was like, oh, I give up. no. I give up. We have okay. to we're not, absolutely. Where'd you lose me? We have to have a blooper reel of all the, uh, of all the, you know, I the phone, I mean, we've got I, phone fall. We've got headphones. Well, why are they all mine? Listen, that's why you got to, that's why I got to build you a studio. Can you fall off the chair or something? Like <laughs> yep. Some, <Whoa>! something. <laughs> there, now everybody I don't know where I better. left off. But uh, well, everybody at, everybody off. listening and everybody that's watching, just dump uh, a glass of water or wine or whatever you're drinking <laughs> on yourselves and join in the fun because that's, this is, this is what we do. Uh, we, uh, we were, we were leaving off at, you know, you were describing, you know, oh, my emotion. patient. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. 
So my patient had a had a boss that was taking advantage of her. She had a really difficult time saying no, um, and she was beyond overwhelmed. Hated her job, um, but loved the field. Just hated her job. So it's a very difficult situation to be. It sounds like something you were in too. You, you love the field. You love what you do. Love you it. hated where you were at. So um, thought I hated the field. I, by the way. <laughs> right, because it makes yeah. you think. You, right, it makes you think you do. So I helped her. She, you know, she, we would go through these emails. I would help her create responses that were very kind of um, boundary oriented and to the point, and set them up so that, in a weird way, I'm sorry. I, I think <laughs> so <it's>, weird- <laughs> I, I think it's Katie or K- Kay Shanks just said done. I spilled my rice for you guys, basically. Thank you. Thank That's you. the kind of dedication that we need. It yes. is. Thank you. Now go Thank write you. a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and, and we'll, we'll be we'll, you are above and beyond for what you've done tonight. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> so no, so I helped her. I helped her. You know, craft a response so that he, he had no way of taking advantage of her. It's kind of you. You. You kind of make it so that no matter what their response is, they're going in favor of 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 the boundary, and so she ended up getting to the point where she had no problem setting boundaries. And guess what happened? About a month later, she was transferred to a different department because he couldn't control her anymore. Um, And she transferred to the department she wanted to be in and she loves her job now. That's, and that is like basically been my path for the last six months too. And, and and getting to like wait, you, just like you saying, shedding all this stuff off my plate, putting a few more no's as day by day goes by, and really asking myself, well, why am I really doing this? Well, I don't want to do that. Let's get rid of it. Has led to a lot of different business partnerships. Has led to a lot of different growth. Has led to meeting a lot of different people that I didn't I didn't think would ever be in my world, including. You know, right. uh, high-end business people, and you know, uh, doctors, and and I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it obviously I knew I've known you from the past before, but like now we get to accomplish what we really have wanted to do for a year, and just like, mm-hmm. yeah, and it feels better and better each time you're going. Like I did want to do this. Yep. I, I was like, wait a minute, yes. I love all this shit. What happened here? You know, yep. and it's yep. freeing. And I, I remember. Dave Chappelle uh, talking about a lot of this stuff through his career and stuff like, and I'm definitely not comparing, trust me, but like in just in terms of, uh, yeah, he's a guy I'm yes, not even, not even suggesting, but, uh, the, the moment that he said, like, you're just free here. And most people, when they talk about him, especially comedians, oh, he's so free up here. He can just go and like, oh, you know, the, the cloud and everybody's yelling here and he's just hanging out in a farm in Ohio doing his thing. And that's the kind of stuff I looked up to. And I think a yeah. lot of a lot of people pleasers look at that and just like, how the frig do you do that? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because they're so tied to their fear of disappointing others and what type of person that makes them if they disappoint others. You know, there's that saying that the people that... um don't like the boundaries that you set are the people that benefited from you not having them in the first place. So, um, you know, it's a little cliche and you know, I hate, hate being cliche. So (laughs) I'll just expand on that. But that, that is true because if the people around you do not adjust to the new 
boundary setting you and continue. Every, everyone is going to give you pushback at first. Everybody, even the good people, they're going to give you pushback, not because they're being assholes, but because everybody is locked into a pattern. As much as your pattern was people pleasing, they have their pattern too. So I tell people, give everyone a, like a grace period to get used to this, to the new boundary setting that you're doing. Once time goes by and people are kind of falling into this pattern, you're always going to have a couple people that will not budge, that will just keep arguing with you and keep telling you you've changed and you're different and they want the old you back. Those are the people that were with the people pleasers solely to benefit from that people pleaser putting their needs second and taking advantage of the fact that they were nervous that if they didn't please the other person, there'd be some sort of abandonment or some sort of, um, you know, uh, self-esteem issue. Something bad was going to happen. And those people who don't respect the boundaries are the ones that usually take advantage of that or took advantage of that. And I'm going to introduce a brand new segment to the show tonight that is uh, just happening right now. It's called the Dr. Z Translator. Uh, the Dr. Z translator basically just said the people that react to the boundary and don't respect it, fuck them. That's, <laughs> that's what that's what that says. Fuck them. Like, because because it is love that <laughs> it is just so awesome to go. Oh, yeah. Poof. This doesn't matter. You don't matter anymore. Like, it's I like, like that. the translator. Yes. Yes. I can do that yes. for you anytime you want. I'm happy <laughs> to. Uh to uh if there's it's sorry uh, maybe we call that earmuffs because just in case you know there's a the kids are, uh, dr z translator with earmuffs and i'll just give like a little five second cue and then i'll just let it rip i think that'd be fun but yeah that is that is exactly it and and like it uh and here's another example of like somebody i was trying to get into business we had an agreement at a set price that suddenly changed a month later, and me being the people pleaser, we're just trying to go, okay, let's see how we can work this with you, even though my I have a flat tire and I need to fix my car. Sure. Yeah, like we'll try to, mm -hmm. let's try to massage this. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 it's cool. We'll stick to that agreement. And then literally it's like two seconds later, no, we can't do that anymore. Uh, it's, 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 you know, like things just changed all of a sudden. I'm, and, and I'm sitting here trying to type out a proposal of just like, well, how can we still make this work? I'm going like, wait a minute. Why am I doing this? Fuck you. You were the one that broke mm -hmm. it twice, actually three times. And I've tried to bend mm -hmm. to every type of thing to please you to continue on this thing. So like. That's right. It's not worth it. And all, all that no. struggle was just like a bunch of work for nothing now, you know? Correct. And, and, and the, the other thing too is, again, going back to the kind of narcissistic spectrum, which will have to be a whole other episode in of itself, because I know everyone has their questions about narcissism, what it is, what it isn't, how to deal with it. Um, but when you're dealing with somebody who has those narcissistic tendencies and you are um, a people pleaser through and through, Narcissists are very, very good at slowly and very subtly manipulating you into taking care of them. And before you know it, you're doing their entire project for them, right? Or, be Ugh. you know, before you know it, you're doing, um, you know, all, all their cleaning for that. You know, th th you're just slowly because they hang on the fact that you fear that they're going to leave you. 
you fear that unless they love you, you don't exist, right? That's the thing of everybody disappearing. And so um, that's the extreme case, but you can see how that can become extremely emotionally abusive. Um, and people pleasers also, because they don't think their shit is worth it, Ever, no one the around them, yeah. no one around them knows what's going on. No one knows because they don't say anything because also to some degree they think it's their fault. Um, so, you know, they also are very willing to take blame for things. So in a way, you know, they'll, they'll get taken advantage of and then they'll say no or, so, or do something late or wrong. The other person gets mad at them. And then they apologize. So people pleasers end up apologizing for, I don't want to say the abuse, but apologizing for the toxic behaviors, not the, to not the person who did the toxic behavior themselves. Does that always, make sense? Always. Would you like to translate that? Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> sometimes you got to deal <laughs> with, no, I can't even go there. I will at some point. <laughs> I tell you what, okay. if we get, here is what I'll do. I will really open my door. I'll open the barn door on, uh, on, what, on, on dealing with exes and all that other stuff. But we have to have 500 five-star reviews. That's Done. the deal. And when that happens, Done. I am going to open up so many patient notes for you. It's ridiculous. But yes, to, to emphasize that point, I, uh, and, and like you were saying earlier, uh, the fact that, like, once you see a narcissist, you can never unsee it. And, like, I don't, maybe I'm, a, I'm probably a little too obsessed with learning that pattern because, like, I want to know when somebody says that same cliched phrase over and over, how to divert, how to divert, how to divert. Because the only way I know to really get accountability from a narcissist is to pin, pin them in a corner like I am a lawyer because like that's how i react and i know they still it's won't so take accountability no i know they it's still, so yeah. stupid yeah. it's just a never-ending war uh so yeah you, the, the best way for be the doing? accountability <laughs> i mean if you're in that situation and again maybe this will be our next our next episode because oh, yeah. I, I know this is a huge hot to topic yeah yeah um narcissists true narcissists they will never they will never take accountability because they don't think it's their fault. So you can say whatever you want. So the best thing to do with a narcissist, a true someone with true narcissism, is not to argue with them, not to put them in a corner. It's to get out. Tr truly, people say all the time to me, "What should I do? What should I do?" What if you? And now can't. I understand. <laughs> so you. Can, so here's the thing. So you can. However, there are usually so many obstacles that you need to get through. It is not an overnight process. I work with so many women Amen. who are in relationships with narcissists who are trying to get out, relationships with narcissists who are they're co-parenting with, um, you know, going through divorces. And it's really tough to get out because when you're with someone who's a narcissist, there's financial manipulation. So maybe over the years, Oof. they've made it so that you don't work. And they're fully in control of the finances. So if you leave, you have no money. Bing. And you have been understandably so depressed for years on medication, in therapy, and guess what they're going to say when it comes to custody of the kids? She's crazy, right? So all of the things that made them feel so depressed 
it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like now they're being punished for it and it's used against them. So when people say to me, how, how do I change? You don't. How do I change how you don't? Um, and I give people two choices when they come to see me because a narcissist may or may not come into therapy with their significant other, but two things happen when they do. Either they come in with their significant other, who's my patient, and they try to charm the pants off of me, but I know exactly what they're doing so it doesn't go well. And they either get up and walk out of the session, mid-session, or they never come back and they tell their partner how much they hate me, how much I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what I'm talking about, because I won't let them do their stuff, right? So I tell the person, okay, I can help you do two things. I can help you leave the relationship over time, or I can help you figure out ways to stay in it in the least toxic way for you possible with the understanding that they will never change. Um, I haven't had one patient who has not ended up leaving, even if five years down the road. But um, my best advice is, is get out. And if that means takes you 20 years, it takes you 20 years, but getting out has to be your goal. That truly is the only time I'll ever tell somebody to go. Yeah. 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 Uh, otherwise I will never suggest that I, I follow whatever, you know, I never tell anyone what to do with their marriages, their relationships. Um, can I ask why that is yeah. like, why can't you guys do that? Why like, I, we can, when, okay, we, we can, why don't um, you I do just, it specifically? Because I'm a firm believer in giving people, helping people see all of the kind of um, picture for themselves, crap going around them yeah, and help them look at it in a logical way rather than in an emotional or, um, you know, in an off way, they're misperceiving things because of what they bring to the table, their patterns, their upbringing. And so helping people say, look at things accurately. And then once they see it accurately, then they become an educated consumer of their life. And once they become an educated consumer of their life, then they can make an educated decision. It's very difficult for people to make decisions when they're still within the toxic environment that created the situation. So if I told somebody leave, where I don't think it's going to work, they may leave, but they're still within that toxic cycle. So it's not going to be healthy. But once they become sense. kind of educated of their surroundings and perceive things accurately, then they can make decisions that are not emotion-based. And so I don't feel it's my job. And I also think I'd be doing them a disservice if I'm working with a people pleaser. I'm not telling you how to leave your marriage. There's no, there is no way I'm going to make that decision for you. Um, you know, the only time is if someone's being physically abused or sexually abused, then, you know, that's different. But um, I don't I don't make that decision for them because I, I they need to be an educated because it's it guarantee the way they are in their marriage is the way they are with other people in their life. So it, it wouldn't do them. They need to see the patterns for themselves. It, yeah. I wouldn't be helping them. No, that makes uh, that makes complete sense. And that's uh, is that a lot of. And I only know it on the surface, so please correct me on mm-hmm. that. Is that more like less the positive psychology that we try and tend to get into? Like, so so we can discover that, oh, man, that was a, almost an eye roll there, wasn't it? No. <laughs> no. 
No. You're like, oh no. man, I thought I just, I just thought I just like I'm stepped trying. on a therapist landmine no. there for a second. Sorry. Oh no, no, no. Okay. I'm all about positive. No, no, no. I no. I think it's, I think it's one of the more useful um, theories. To be yeah. Theories. Honest. Okay. Um, but I think it's, 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 it's a couple things. It's like you know, for people pleasers, it's getting them to understand when their what their patterns are, who their patterns are with what it looks like. So it's not just talking like I did this, I did this. It's actually working with them to see like almost objectively watching their life unfold, what the pattern was, who they did it with and what the outcome of that pattern was. So then it becomes something they can predict. And once they feel that they can a see their patterns or a have awareness, B see their patterns accurately and then see know ahead of time what the outcomes going to be so when it happens they're like oh shit there it is again right and then they're able to shift gears ever so slightly and change it and see the new response so it's very behavior based and it's not that I don't talk about feelings I don't want anyone to think like oh god she doesn't even ask if you're sad how you're doing I do yeah. I absolutely do however but she does it with a in knife these, in her hand and it gets really I do. weird no. <laughs> I do I do I keep feeling today <laughs> tell me yeah. so right um, I, you have to, all your feelings are valid. Everything you're feeling is valid. Feelings don't cause behaviors. They just don't. We think they do. They don't. Um, so in other words, you're going to have to set a boundary and simultaneously the same exact time feel brutally uncomfortable and very scared. If you wait to feel less scared by doing the same thing, it's never going to happen. So you have to change the behavior first, which is why I tell people to do really small, small, small increments. And then after that, then your feelings start to shift. But it's not, so it's not that I don't ignore feelings. I just find that if you just talk about the feelings with no behavior change, you end up talking in circles and you get nowhere. You know, you have awareness, but okay, what do you do now? Yeah, like so the, that's the, why I, I do it in that way. Yeah, the uh, the no action steps is a killer. Like it's just a... a and uh, yeah, and I, I got to say, just from honestly redirecting some of the stuff that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, that original pit in my stomach that I was telling you and everybody else about, it's very much less and less. And like, you know, mm -hmm. all of those things that maybe were crutches in terms of behavior are starting to go is like the plate gets a little less and you're starting to set those boundaries and realizing who is and who is not important in your circle based on any part of it, if that's family, if that's relationship, if that's business, if that's people that do or don't understand you, if that's the guy that looks at you weird offering you a donut uh, every every single time you go to the bus stop, whatever it is. It's just, you know, like this is uh, obviously with the pandemic, a lot of self-evaluation in terms of that, but it's I don't think that's enough in, in terms of what you're saying. It's it. it it doesn't matter how aware you are of, of anything. Great. And my first instinct was is always wanting to know more or like how do we fix it? And using mm -hmm. that in quotes for everybody that can't see mm -hmm. this. But um, yes, the the action in the uncomfortableness is a good thing. And it's it means you're doing something right. Exactly. If you feel uncomfortable, it means you're going in the right direction. If you feel relieved or you feel um, calm, chances are you didn't alter your pattern in the moment. Um, you know, and listen, it's, we're human. We, we like, we don't like feeling uncomfortable. We feel out of balance. And, 
Um, but what people don't realize is that the discomfort and sitting with it and being out of balance is necessary to make that behavior change because there'd be nothing motivating you if you're basing it off of feeling relief. Why would you change anything? It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, but again, you can't feel your way out of a toxic pattern. Now, can you eat don't your get way out of it? You, is that possible? Yes. Okay. Yes. But don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> there are numerous psychologists who, who will, you know, and very valid reasons will disagree with this. You know, there's, there's a lot of psychologists, therapists who, who will work on, um, you know, uh, deeper kind of emotion. It's not that I don't, I, I do that a lot with pattern work and trauma work. You have to do that. Um, but when it comes to behavior changes, this is how you have to go about doing it. Um, and, and, you know, it, that's, again, more of a behavioral theory. That's, you know, not everybody has, you know, has this viewpoint. So it's not that anyone's wrong or right. This is just what I find works best for, for me and my patients. Um, it feels bad in order to feel better. Yes. Yeah. And that's, uh, and there's always a bottom and you'll know when you'll like, you know, Oh, we hit it. And now we're coming back up again. You know, like there's, there always is it. There's, it's not an endless pit, even though it's going to feel like it constantly but like it's the only way to to get answers and if you're a curious people pleaser then 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 i i I believe that i don't know if that's a thing but i just made it up what Uh, a cure what is it what yes can you can you please define curious people a curious person a truth seeker someone that wants to find an answer who you know that is that is constantly like get something in their brain and be like, I want to go find an answer to that. And I won't be satisfied until I have this, this, and this, like that type of thing, like research, all, all of that. That's, I, I consider myself that type of a person. Um, I, I feel so like people pleasing yourself. Yes. Like I can turn it. Now I'm using that same tool or essentially to do self care when I would find it on, like look up stuff about like, I wonder, I wonder what the first time yeah. anyone ran this play and let's find 10 hours yes. of research on that yes. and, and, re- and using yes. that to because be like, that's not in line with what you value. Right. Right. We talked exactly. about values last week. Right. That's right. But now I value that's the crap out of it and I'm going like, Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, and like, right. Now, and and yeah. unlocking all these different patterns and being like, Oh man, that's attached to that. Oh man. That's what Dr. Z said too. And going like, ah, this is all my bullshit. And and throwing my hands up in the air and being mm-hmm. really satisfied mm-hmm. with finding that answer. Because I'd rather know it's me doing that than something else. Like, you know, whatever we're thinking at the time. Because then you have control over it. Yes. And I'm like, oh, oh, is that what it is? It's, it's, it's just control with us, isn't it? Our little sons of bitches. And you we change just, it. We just want... It- <laughs> Why? Why is that? I don't want control of everything. I really don't. I feel like I don't want control. Well, you of can't everything. control you. You can't control everything. Like you can't control the weather. You can't. Con- you can't control certain things. But yeah. you can control your behaviors. You can control your responses to other people's behaviors. You can't control your emotions. You can't control your thoughts. You can't not have a thought. We talked about that. Just have to let it come up, notice it, and let it pass. Control isn't holding on, fixing, changing. Control is sitting with. Control is accepting, not liking, but accepting whatever comes up. That's control. Belt, People yeah. think control is grabbing <laughs> on and holding and, and, and you know, molding. And it's not. It's, it's, to be honest, it's, it's the opposite. It's like the egg analogy that I gave. It's 
Ooh, Letting go I, gives you more control. And actually, pretty good question again from Kashank. Kashank bringing it tonight, throwing rice on herself to appreciate. It. So is she's asking is people is people pleasing a form of control? I don't I I, I don't think so. It's a form of avoidance. It's a avoidance. form of avoidance okay. in that in that you are trying to do what you can so that you don't feel the fear of abandonment, so that you don't feel the fear of rejection. Um, so I guess, I mean, is it control? I mean, I guess you're trying to control your emotions, but I'm it's really more not to be avoidance an asshole, based. I guess like that's yes, the, I'm, correct. I'm, I'm making correct. sure I'm not being a jerk. Yeah. That's why correct. I'm obsessed with it. I think. But Back sometimes people pleasers, but sometimes people pleasers, if they do something for themselves, will feel like an asshole, will feel like a jerk because they've been taught at a very early age, let's say in their upbringing for whatever reason that it's selfish to take care of yourself. Or maybe you were always the one responsible for taking care of everybody else. Maybe, you know, you were brought up in a family where your mom had an alcohol problem or a drug problem. And so you were taking care of things around the house that a nine-year-old shouldn't be taking care of. And so you learned to put your needs second, or you were told your, you know, told your opinion didn't matter. You know, maybe you were raised in a house where, you know, women don't speak women, you know, or you can't express emotions or you'll be hit or you'll be yelled at. So, you know, it, it really depends on your, your upbringing and combined with your temperament and then what kind of patterns develop out of that. So it comes from somewhere. And when you have that ingrained in your brain for so long and you try to go against it, you're going to feel like a jerk. You're going to feel selfish and guilty and shameful and bad and all of those things. So to avoid feeling that, I'm going to please the other person instead. Man, is uh, is Dr. Zena the best or what here? I mean, this is just like, <laughs> this is why I look forward to these chats most of the time because I know that there's always something I'm missing in it and you just make it a lot easier. We really do. And I can tell by everybody in the chat that's joining with us on Sunday nights. And again, if you're not here. What are you doing? Come on. And if you're listening to this on the replay again. Stop avoiding us. Yeah, stop avoiding it. Come in here and deal with your shit like us. With water and, I don't know, I even shaved. I feel so bad. You have Rice. to look at this crap. I'm so sorry. I, I will. And that's what will happen. So, like, 500 reviews. I went casual tonight. Yeah, yeah. So I think everybody does. We need more, more casual, more facts, and uh, a lot more fun. Certainly, too. And one little thing that I just want to start doing uh, towards the end, uh, uh, a little podcast there, because as you know, that's kind of my world. That's where me and Dr. Z like to kind of do all these things and our worlds collide and have a lot of fun. But if you're ever thinking about doing content and that's with anybody, like if you're in a recording studio, if somebody's recording you, if they're helping you out, please just know whatever you do, you own it. A hundred percent. The content, no matter what, it is a service. What we do is a service. What I do for Dr. Z would be considered a service. I make sure that all this stuff gets to the places it needs to go so we can have some free therapy on, you know, Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, or on demand whenever we can and some fun stuff like that. No one ever, ever controls it. And to avoid all of this, all of this, all of this, if you're thinking about starting a podcast or a stream or, you know, whatever it is for your business, for just LLC yourself immediately on Legal Zoom or whatever. It's 99 bucks that way. It's just this is mine. No one has to worry about it. Uh, it, however, LLCs and all that stuff do not protect your phone from dropping or your <laughs> f- headphones running out of batteries and things like that. Well, we will work on all of those. They were charged 100%. <laughs> oh, I checked 100%. Uh, Steve Jobs letting us down from the grave. Unbelievable. <laughs> 
but uh, as always, that is Dr. Z. I am JB, John Barchard. You can follow me uh, at John Barchard on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, Dr. Z, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, Dr. Z underscore psychologist. Uh, my website, drjamiezuckerman.com. Um, and that's it. And Facebook, not Facebook. Um, <laughs> if you're into where that. Else? We're into that thing. No. I, it's, I haven't. I, I don't think I've. It's been a while. I'm on Twitter through you. I don't. Yes. I don't know how to. Oh, uh, Z at Z with JB to follow the podcast on Twitter. That's Z with JB. Uh, I'm just re- really tweeting a lot of your stuff from Instagram for the time being, but That's fine. gathering gathering uh, some things. But we will. Um, and thank you very much uh, for for tuning in and and being with us too. Uh, I, uh, I I think we're going to open up the portal, and there might be a lot more people outside of our, our Instagram uh, audience with us here in the next couple of weeks, too. So I'm looking forward to that. And, yeah, uh, that'll be fun. And like, uh, I, uh, I look forward to seeing you I'm excited you next week. for those worlds to collide. Yes. I'm, I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> Especially during football season. I think it'll I think right, it might get right. wild around here. So. Uh, it's, it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be good we'll see you uh next week right here around eight oh eight o'clock which is really like an nba tip-off it means we're tipping off at 808 but you know right. be here at eight uh and uh, we appreciate you being here and uh dr z i'll see you next week great all right talk to you soon bye guys 